when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My name's Jason Fleming. For more than my past podcasts, will see me talking to a wide range of inspiring people. People who have confronted and overcome addiction or imprisonment or both and turned their lives around. I did mad things that was hurting myself and hurting other people. Everybody grows up in a house called normal. Heroin addiction and chaos was my normal. Some people don't understand the word moderation and uh, I was definitely one of those people. The More Than My Past podcast. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead. Westworld. No, that's the West Wing. West, Westworld. There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. I'm John Holmes and welcome to The The One Show Show, one of those newfangled podcasts where we fly a cheap banner over The One Show emblazoned with the legend, your green sofas don't matter. As lockdown eases, rest assured that we are still the metaphorical plastic screen between you and The One Show, ensuring you don't have to come into contact with it as we will do that for you, dedicated as we are to keeping you safe. This week then, Will I Am's sock puppet, a sloth in a box and Esther Ranson's unseen cow. Joining me to scoop it all up and put it in a bin are, of course, the regular The The One Show show shower Mark Haynes. And making her Tatitos debut, she was runner-up in the Funny Women and So You Think You're Funny competition. She's performed stand-up on BBC Asian Network Live and she writes for Charlie Brooker, all of which means she's desperately overqualified to appear on this pile of old shit. It's Charlie George. Welcome, Charlie George. 
How are you? Oh, thanks so much. That was a, quite an intro. Realistically, during this time, I like to say tell people that I'm a retired stand-up comedian. I retired <laughs> after just beginning. That's basically what happened. Um, what made you retire from it, Charlie? What was the what was the driving force behind that lack of? What ambition? was it? All the other stand-ups <laughs> who are horrible men, because that's what we know now. <laughs> well, that's obviously a big element at the moment. But realistically, I've retired before that because I've got bad Wi-Fi and there was this big virus that sort of slowed everything down so that's the main reason I've stopped it's nothing to do with the terrible men well speaking of things that are terrible obviously you had to watch the one show was it something you'd watched before Charlie or is it was it new to you because of this um, it's new to me because of this. It's something that I've actually um, experienced like live. I've seen it being filmed in Great Portland Street a couple of times when I've been having a panic attack between Pret a Manger's. I've seen it and like passed it, and I've thought, oh, that's like that's on all the time. Like, yeah. but I've never watched it. <laughs> no. Mark and I have done that as well. We've we've walked past after recording one of these podcasts uh, more than once, and deliberately stood outside to get our photo taken as a sort of uh, sort of I don't know. Da- self-damaging selfie if well, that's, a, that's a thing but it's, I think yeah, what it so, shows is that we had the chance to actually do some damage to people involved in it and we decided to take the high road so I think actually <laughs> that photo is, is a perfect example of how professional we are there you go photobombing the one show I mean it is kind of nuts that they just film it outside in that bit like I mean do they always do that because it seems yeah. to just be on when I'm there they're filming bits there and you're like this is the worst space for those like I love those people who like video bomb newscasters and journalists and stuff they're just in the background like hi mum or like they just start pulling places and stuff and no one bothers with the one show no i don't think there's been a single thing where someone in the background has been dragged away for messing around people are like i will do that on the news that's real telly i will not do it on the one show I refuse to. It's not It's not real. It doesn't exist. Let's talk about Monday, first of all, because we watched Mondays this week. That was the one with Chris Ramsey, guest presenting, the comedian Chris Ramsey was on. Um, there was an odd start to this. Hello and welcome to The One Show with Alex Jones. And with me all week, lovely to have him back, is Chris Ramsey. Welcome lovely to be here. So happy to be here. Oh, I'm so- seen you since the very beginning since, of lockdown. Yeah, it was the Friday before lockdown. You yeah. were the first person I socially distanced from. Yeah, I was, yeah, I'll never forget it. Yeah, it was awkward and horrible, we but were we're used to it now, so it's fine. We hanging the sofa. Yeah, I was on the edge of that sofa like a little gnome. Yeah, <laughs> See, we've awful. worked it out now. We're back now, we've sorted it, yeah, it's, it's all, all good. good. It's good like, to see you. Though. I like it, thank you, it's lovely to be back. I've got a shirt on for the first know, time since the beginning posh. of the lockdown. <laughs> uh, now, it might be Monday, but there is no need to feel blue. We've got loads of things to look forward to tonight, so let's get it started. Now, as regular watchers, you might not have noticed this, Charlie, but there was quite a weird thing whereby under the first couple of minutes of the programme, they kept the theme tune running as a bed to talk over, which I don't think we've ever seen before. It's almost like a new director's coming. But it also then jarred horribly with the clip of the Black Eyed Peas they played in. Also coming up to Mark Windrush Day, we look at the impact that that generation and their descendants have made to our NHS. Musically, because <laughs> nobody mixed it properly, uh, which is a good way to start a show. And then, of course, it was Esther Ranson's 80th birthday. What did you make of that, Charlie? That was a... What a treat for her, having to go on the one show. Well, it's weird that you say... I want to double back on the sound thing that you mentioned, because it's just like, I... I 
wouldn't have noticed a detail like that. Like, to be honest, like, that's what I, you know, I date people so that they can tell me information like that when we're at gigs of, like, how <laughs> inaccurate the sound is. Like, that's mainly why I go out with other people so they can tell me these things. <laughs> I did feel that Alex was dressed like the uh, the BBC test card colours. Like, mm. I don't know if you've seen yeah. the clown, but, like, she was in this insane, like... I was like, has she come dressed as the insane clown posse? Like, what is <laughs> happening? And then I was like, oh, there's this teenage guy next to her who's, like, got really windswept hair. He looks like he's just been caught... Yeah. Yeah. He got. I mean, Chris Ramsey tried to make the best of his lockdown haircut. I think we get from that because it was it was neat certainly, but there was a lot of it. <laughs> and speaking yeah. as a man who hasn't gotten that much left, I was quite jealous of it. If I'm honest, <laughs> he great. really struggled this week, didn't he? Because he was sort of he was sort of aware that he didn't have a lot to do, and so he tried to make every time he spoke it had to count, and he had to be funny, and he was funny. But there's no audience there. There was a little bit a bit later on in one of the shows that we watched where he was talking about the comedian's nightmare is basically doing a driving gig where you wouldn't be able to hear anybody laugh. Yeah. And I thought you're living your nightmare, <laughs> on, but it's also going out on television. I mean, it really is awful. Everything he said, silence. There's no one there. Yeah, yeah, nightmarish. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they they like to throw in um, a bit of, a bit of comedy business now and again, and that was uh, that was evident, wasn't it, in one of the episodes when they did a little EastEnders um, mm. acting, acting? I mean, I use that term very, <laughs> very loosely. Uh, where the next link, he, he sort of said, like that famous scene in EastEnders that they were talking about because they had Anita Dobson on the programme. He used to play Angie, of course. Uh, and he said, he said, well, I've got the next bit of, I've got your papers here, Alex parodying the divorce papers seen from EastEnders from the 80s. And uh, tonight, soap legend Anita Dobson will be here with news of how you can revisit some of the most iconic scenes from Albert Square. Yeah, that, uh, that reminds us, actually. Got something here for you. Are they the divorce papers? No, it's actually just an intro for the next guest, um, which I wrote down. Ah. Uh, don't know why, because I've got auto-cue, um, probably for the joke. Uh, Wimbledon might be taking a break, but don't worry, because you can still get your tennis fix, and here to tell us how is the one and only Sue Barker. What was that for? He then did the cowardly thing, which was start mocking the bit he'd just done for not working. Yeah, it was like <laughs> a meta joke. Like It was kind of like, oh, yeah. if I poke fun of this happening and I'm self-aware, then maybe I will feel less... There is no point being self-aware when you weren't self-aware enough to say, no, I'm not doing that. You, can't, you cannot claw it back. You can hear the production meeting. You know they had a Zoom production meeting probably earlier in the day and then he arrived at the studio. And it, by then it's a foregone conclusion. Yes, this is what's happening. It's just, just do it. It's Just, just yeah. get on with it, Chris. You're not here very often. If you want to come back, do as we say. And he did. you did get the impression as well that he was doing much less than he thought he might be. Uh, they had a couple of interviews where Esther Ranson, the Black Eyed Peas, they literally asked them one question and the two of them just filled all of the time. And there was a couple of bits, I think, in the Anita Dobson where um, uh, Chris Ramsey was trying to throw to a clip oh. and Anita Dobson, because oh. of Zoom, was just steamrolling. Yes. Are you, is this the one where she says she's got six months to live? That's the one. Yeah, they're busy arguing yeah. about it in this well, clip here. I remember Leslie said to me before we actually recorded it and we were doing that actual scene, he said, um, what do you reckon? How many takes? And I went... Maybe two, maybe more if we're lucky. He went... And every time he tried to say something, he was just cut 
down. One. So by the end of the two shows we'd watched, I think he might have spoken three times. Yeah, yeah I think that's like, probably why he wanted to get a joke in right. But I, I felt like Will I Am was the most like cringe one because I felt like he was just like I feel like he's his own hype man. Like yeah, entirely. Yeah, like it's a kind of it was insane. It was like when you're asking someone on a promotional tour, it's like he had it ready to go, and it was yeah. like, even yeah. they said that afterwards. They were just kind of like, and you've kind of told us how you're amazing, how many records you've sold, <laughs> uh, you know the. the digits in your bank account how great all of your uh, technology is everything like you just did it all in one yeah year. so that's 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 a that's a 25 year group and now we have a new album out called translation no one thought we can come back to the top 40 now we got two number ones the album is out ritmo went number one all around the world and uh, especially in the latin uh charts radio charts mama awesome. entered number one in the, in, in the in the latin charts and you know to have this long lengthy career and now having a new album out right now is just spectacular. On a new label, Sony. So we have a new what? home, new album, new collaboration. Well, I tell you what, Will. On, 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 he's buzzing. We, he's had buzzing. Lo- we had loads of questions about the album, but yeah. you've done it all for us. Lovely. I literally yeah. didn't have to do anything. Yeah, I'm trying to think. He's done this before. I wasn't listening to anything Will I Am said. So his, his entire hype machine that he was, that was spouting went completely over my head because all yeah. I was doing was staring at his sunglasses that he was wearing indoors because reflected in them, you could see his desk. And I was thinking, what is on Will I Am's desk? And you could see <laughs> you could see him watching the one show in the reflection of his laptop. Which, and I was... I was longing for another screen to be open of just some porn or something that he'd been. <laughs> I, my favourite thing that he said, it, 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 he's such a sort of slightly heartless, soulless pro that there was a bit. The only line I remember him saying was, he said, um, Oh, I miss the UK so bad. I have to say, like, I really, really miss the UK, like, so bad. And they went, Oh, wh- what do you miss about the UK? And he's like, Normally, when I do this at the concert, they just cheer, right? They don't ask me what it is. And so all the things he missed about the UK were the planes, traffic, and Heathrow Airport. What, what are you missing yeah. mostly, Will? Um, I miss British Airlines. I miss, I miss the honey cashew nuts when I'm getting in my seat to lay down. And then I miss landing in Heathrow. I miss sitting in traffic. I wish I could sit in hour and a half traffic right now. <laughs> he had nothing in his bag. He's just, you're supposed to just cheer. When I do this at the O2, no one says, but what specifically? I've just but said I, I love, love the those, UK. Those were his cultural highlights. Like that was it. I was just like, what kind of life are you living that sitting in traffic is a relief for you? Like that. Yeah. Like a and then job. Chris Ramsey tried to join in with it by saying, why don't you go and sit in your car on your drive and that made him even more uncomfortable just going oh, because it's not traffic why, why don't you go and sit in the car on your drive because it's not the same as sitting in traffic going to work <laughs> oh, I get you. Uh... Okay. that was great because Will I Am did not take that as a joke he was like this man is making a suggestion but I'm going to tell him his mistake because it has to be in London and this guy doesn't realise that I absolutely killed him poor Chris Ramsey <laughs> But both of the guys in that, they did you notice they had like this, like since when did the beanie become like a gangster hat? Like, yeah, what was yeah. that about? Like, and all of, like on the little album sleeve as well, they all have these kind of like hipster beanies. What was the, what's the other chap called? Taboo, is it? Taboo yeah. from the Black Eyed Peas. I'm not a great follower of the Black Eyed Peas. I am aware of Will I Am, but but Taboo and Apple, I think the other one's called. Yeah, and I, I can tell you, I can tell you, I, I am aware of Taboo, <laughs> right? And I'm aware of him because many, many, 
many years ago, when I was working with Richard Bacon on Capital Drive Time, yeah. we had the Black Eyed Peas came in. And a lot of people would sort of think, oh, you go to a hotel room and you talk to them and it's all edited together. But certainly when we were doing it, they just would bring a band in. The band rocked up. There's all four of them. And there they are to talk to you. And they were all really professional. This is sort of before Will I Am became comedy Will I Am, where he's almost like a sort of... Like in really bad uh, blockbuster movies when they have a, a, a cool scientist. Yeah. He's a bit like that now, and he's always a bit spacey and everything. But the interview was horrible because <laughs> Taboo was shirty. And it was just like he was making little jokes and sniggering. And the whole band were like, ah, do we be nice and professional or do we sort of go, <laughs> yeah, Taboo? And they chose the second one. So I've always had that thing. Whenever people go, like the Black Eyed Peas, I'll go, hmm. Do you know Taboo? <laughs> and they'll go, no. I'll go, right, there's one One of them's called Taboo, right? Can you picture him? And they'll go, not really. And I go, tall bloke, right? Wears a hat. Not not Will I Am, not Fergie. Um, you, you got him? And they go, yeah, I sort of go. And I go, right, he's an asshole. <laughs> I felt sorry for him, really, because... Because he was there on his <laughs> he was there on his Zoom screen, but then Will I Am was just holding up a sock puppet he'd made. So many good songs. Ah, uh, gone? Oh, brilliant! There we are, giants. Hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, let's welcome now from Elia Will I Am and Taboo, also known as the Black Eyed Peas. Nothing's ever straightforward with Will I Am, is it? <laughs> Hi, Will. We can see you there in the corner, crouched down. Oh, man, um, I thought you, I was trying to. I was really trying to fool you guys. Uh, <laughs> it was quite an elaborate sock see. puppet as well. I thought it done quite a good good job of it. I, I will admit, I was. I will. I am admit. <laughs> will I am admit that I was sort of on his side because there are Zoom meetings with friends when I have sat there on a Friday night with a sock puppet I've made instead of me. So I've done that. And my... Are you, yes. What? When? Why? Why? I don't, Charlie, I don't know why. I just, and my children's toys, right? I've just held them up and had done a little puppet show. And they all hate me for it. They're just, what are you doing? Stop doing that. Are you going to announce that you're in the Black Eyed Peas? <laughs> the Black Eyed Peas do the Muppets. I mean, I don't really know them that well either. All I know is that they've got that song, that kind of tonight song that comes on yeah. at the end of a night when it's really it's gone too far they're about to turn the, the, the nightclub lights on and you should leave like that's yeah. that's all I know of yeah. them so. well I, I mean one other thing Charlie uh, have, do you know there's one of them called Taboo because <laughs> <laughs> what's he like Mark <laughs> oh let me tell you John the man's an arsehole <laughs> <laughs> oh hello you my name's Tom Price hello I'm Dave Cribb you should come and join us every day we do a podcast called Cabin Fever where we talk loads of comedians who've had to cancel everything else in their lives so they come on our podcast instead don't they Dave yeah it's an isolation podcast uh, it's Dave were you yawning at the owl. start of that sentence then was it just a little yawn yeah it's basically the great big owl isolation podcast we'll have people on from all our podcasts from your ruler threes your Brian Rogers your musicals your bitchins if you like any of our podcasts if you like any of those people chances are they'll be logging onto the zoom call and just chatting because let's face it they got nothing else to do also there'll be a quiz on the bill alright see you soon lots of love cabin FEA37 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But they, they, yeah, they railroaded across uh, the presenters, of course. Alex couldn't get a word in. Chris couldn't. Um, and, and, you know, to, to flip it back to Esther Ranson as well, in a, another person who just talked and talked, it's partly the Zoom problem, but it's also managing your guests, which they didn't really have any way to do. And then when the cow started mooing, I mean, this was... It was a, it was I mean, textbook one show shambles for me. Is a, a central part of my life. Can you hear a background noise? A bit like a fairy, like a horn. <laughs> yes, well, I'm glad you said that because actually it's a cow, and I was worried you might think it was me. I loved so that moment. I loved, I loved it. It was like t- I felt like I fell in love with Esther Ranson and her cake full of teeth. I mean, that's what I'm imagining <laughs> that she had behind her, right? Because like. Yeah. That's what she would have for her birthday is just a teeth cake. Outside my window, obeying all the social distancing. And, and they presented me with this, which I think is supposed to be me. There's a lot of teeth, you'll have noticed. I love that, like, the list of stuff that she does, that she got her sister to talk to her, it's like not only does she help children, she helps old people. Uh, we've tracked down some people over the telephone who wanted to say a very special happy birthday. So have a look at this. I don't know how my mum was around so much while she was forging this incredible, insane career, reeling in 22 million viewers every weekend on That's Life. Incredible, incredible woman. That's Life went from strength to strength in terms of campaigning. And so in 1986, mum set up Childline. Childline, for children in trouble or danger. 
whatever it was, they would be listened to and they would be heard. She set up the Silver Line, which is a 24-hour helpline for older people to get in touch with if they were feeling lonely. She can speak to cows. Like, it was all of the... <laughs> like, it was everything. Esther Ranson is a pro. And she comes from that era of television where they are very much, I will take control of this because I am trained to do this. And in fairness, you know, I mean, you watch the one show, you would go, I'm not sure these people are trained to the same <laughs> level that I, Dame Esther Ransom, am I'm trained at. And she did have terrible, terrible frame rate on her Zoom. I'm aware this is a little bit like us talking about sound. Again. <laughs> Seriously, but you guys. It was like every, every, every third frame had been sort of t- taken out so she was juddering along like Max Headroom um, which I quite like because she also is from the 80s I'm in the middle of the New Forest and those of you who know the New Forest in Hampshire there are roaming animals and maybe the cow objects to me or maybe she's calling out to me and feels a fellow feeling he's, he's saying happy birthday saying happy birthday yes yeah, just joining in Happy birthday, Moo. Yes, exactly. Oh. No, what I, was, what I was saying is those people are terribly important in my life. Which also made the sound of the cow quite stuttery as well. And so we're no, at home, you couldn't work out what this noise was. And, and she, in the middle, what was strange about it, or what was brilliant about it, actually what was very Esther Ranson professional about it, was that rather than ignore it, even though they'd sort of, they'd gone to a classic one show, line of questioning which they showed her a video of things she'd done throughout her life as you were saying charlie all the all the good stuff and then alex had just got in with the question how does it feel well esther i think your daughter summed it up there you are amazing you're a powerhouse you've made so many changes in this world positive changes i mean how does it feel and before before she could answer it a cow started <laughs> mooing so she she went to talk about you know abused children and then just said hang on a minute can you hear that noise can you hear a background noise it's a wondering cow it's a cow oh, it was brilliant the question, uh, what does it feel like? Matt Baker immediately appears on the other end on his trusty cow. He's just there to shut it down. Breach of copyright. <laughs> what was it like? It was like the noise of a cow. <laughs> I loved That's Life as a kid. I was a big fan of that. So what the format of That's Life was Esther Ranson would say something and then the ends of her sentences would be finished by some anonymous men over there. We asked, what's wrong with Ben? She said, he has a liver disease. He was born with it. Yeah, that's right. It was I, I, kind I, of I, weird. Do you remember that slide, Charlie? Are you too young for it? I've never seen it, but I have heard about it. And I've got to be honest, like, this is not, this is not a great reflection of... Um, yeah, of me here and my sensitivity. When you're talking about noticing the aspect ratio, basically what happened is I'm quite a sensitive soul and as soon as the Nicholas Winton clip came on uh, and all the people stood up, I just burst into tears and then I was like, yeah. so embarrassing. <laughs> Nicholas Winton, Nicholas Winton is one of my all-time heroes. I, I, when XFM, when we were DJing there, they used to give you a thing where they'd sort of say, fill out, you know, what's your best gig? Um, what's your favourite song of all time? Who's your hero? And my hero in that was Sir Nicholas Winton. I, I think it's just, you know, he is an amazing guy. And that is a classic piece of TV. Yeah. Let me tell you, when that went up on, online, they put in all my answers, but they left that one out. They weren't like, let's not, let's not get into the, the Holocaust. We all just want to hear back-to-back songs, OK? <laughs> but Nicholas Winton, that piece of TV is one of the greatest pieces of British television. It's so exciting. Basically setting up, he uh, ran a, a, a service entirely off his own back 
to rescue children from the inferno of the Holocaust. And he, the, the people who are in there, there's a point where Esther Ranson says, anyone in here whose life was saved by Nicholas Winton, will you please stand up? And the first four rows who are all behind Winton stand up. And by which time they're also old people. So you get that impression of going... Geez, oh, look at the number of years of lives you saved. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. So, could you stand up, please? Mr Winton, would you like to turn round? You all had the chance to meet these people properly after the programme. In the meantime, Mr Winton, on behalf of all of them, thank you very much indeed. And Nicholas Winton, such a humble, modest man, that his wife didn't know he'd done this until long after he'd retired, and she went up into the loft and found a suitcase with all this information in. She was like, what's this? And he was like, oh, yeah. When I was younger, embarrassing story, I <laughs> saved hundreds of children saved from the Nazis. Saved loads of people. But do you know what I love about it, right, is that, like, reality TV, like, I've watched a lot of documentaries during this lockdown period. I've had some time on my hands. And they're so traumatic in terms of looking at the exploitation of people on these type of reality TV shows and when they find stories. And I think, like, the modern version, I was, like, I was so moved that it was something genuinely touching because I was, like with all these current shows where they exploit like couples and relationships and stuff I'm like the recent one would be like can all the people whose life Terence ruined please stand up and then like yeah, that would be exactly. the new version right they basically have Hitler in the front row <laughs> yeah. wouldn't they it would be, it'd be like look I mean the one thing that, that I think you know does hang over this is that's life it ended in 1994 so it's a long time ago I remember watching it when I was like you know going to school Sunday nights you yeah. know it was the sort of last show of the weekend that you were pretty much allowed to stay up for but what it was was it was like a precursor to the one show because it had things like consumer advice it had sort of like little films around britain and things P- like potatoes that. shaped like genitals that was the big thing famously <laughs> dogs that said sausages. yeah <laughs> next next thing he went on to were sausages <laughs> why shouldn't you do sausages well george next door gives him sausages you know he comes out every thursday the plate of sausages you know and puts them on back doorstep and Prince goes and has a good tucking. <laughs> Tell us what you have on a Thursday, Prince. Yeah, what's yours, give you, Prince? Yeah. What? Yeah. The thing about it is, it's basically the one show done really well. Yeah. And yeah. what yeah, you yeah. see is that they're talking to Esther Ranson. Esther Ranson is now, you know, 80, looking back over her career on a show that is not nearly as good as the one that was canned. <laughs> To like you know, twenty six years ago, it just—I uh, was sort of thinking, you know, the gall of this, the gall. <laughs> I just wrote down the one with that Nicholas Winton clip. I just wrote, you know, the one show uh, showing a, an amazing bit of television that they will never succeed in yeah. reaching the same height as that, and that must be, you know, gutting for them. No, we'll never do this. We will never, Completely. never do. It. But 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 the highlight was still the cow, Mark. Whatever you say. <laughs> no, I'll, the I'll, highlight was the mooing cow. I'll disagree. I went on Wikipedia and found out some stuff about That's Life. So on That's Life, they had Esther Ranson was the lead presenter, and they would have four blokes in suits who were there to do sort of really progressive. They're essentially to do the Dolly Bird stuff that you know TV in the eighties used to have. And uh, they would do funny voices. So Esther will say, we reached out to the council and they said this. And a man would go, we're really very sorry. And everyone would laugh. (laughs) One of them was a guy called Adrian Mills. Do you want a great fact about Adrian Mills? 
Go on. Since leaving, Adrian Mills has become the co-owner of Thai Toe, a chain of Thai restaurants located in London that includes a site in Ealing which was damaged in the riots of 2011. (laughs) 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 I don't know why it made me laugh. It's such a sort of strange fact. Thai Um, Toe? I thought you were going to say like a Thai shop or something. No. No. And that would have made sense because it would have followed on from like his previous thing. I wear ties on TV, I'll open up a... But maybe he just... Maybe there was a mistake in the paperwork. <laughs> when I was a child watching That's Life, uh, one of those, let's call them dolly boys, <laughs> was was um, a man called Doc Cox. Yeah. And it transpired that he had made an album that was very filthy indeed with a song called I'm a Wanker on it. Yeah. Um, in a band called Ivor Biggin and the Red-Nosed Burglars. My mother said that I never should play with the naughty rude girls in the wood. Their giggling talk I could never understand and that's why I fell in love with my right hand. And that's why I'm a wanker, I'm a wanker And it does me good like it bloody well should I'm a wanker, I'm a wanker And I'm always pulling my hood uh, and that became cult listening when I was at Charlie's face going, what the hell are you talking about? It was just an album full of swearing. Yeah. yeah. And the fact he, that he was one of the good guys from That's Life was it made it all the more shocking. My, yeah. my favourite fact about That's Life is the documentary filmmaker Adam Curtis, who did things like The Power of Nightmares, um, you know, one of the, the great 20th, 21st century documentary makers. He started his career on That's Life and he had to go uh, and basically find dogs that could sing. Uh, was his first job. <laughs> it's amazing that you sort of go, yeah, I, I'm, this has made me lose my mind, and now I'm going to destroy the established order. Thanks, that's life. <laughs> so it was a really um, good show, guys, basically. You're saying it was pretty spot on, like it was nice. Because that's life for me just makes me think of, like, do you know the magazine that's life that's in shops? Oh, that's yes. like, my partner sawed off my legs and and I'm still marrying him or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, <laughs> that's life. That <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what, what, what you were saying, Charlie, which is like if you had, you know, Nicholas Winton today, it would all be about an audience of people standing up and saying, who hates this man? That's Life is now a magazine about tremendous traumatic injury. That's, <laughs> welcome to 2020. <laughs> Can we talk about the dating? Because they started doing that. They started doing lockdown date dating a few weeks ago, and this was the final episode of this lockdown where two people sat near each other on a bench but I'm just you know wondering as someone who came new to that um thrilling piece of social engineering what you thought of it I mean I I thought it was brilliant in terms of like I loved the tagline and the whole elements it was very intense when it had like this little symbol like logo that came up it's like create a spark it's like create one make one force a spark (laughs) you will be the one and like just hearing this woman talk about Mr. Right all the time started to make me want to barf a little bit I was just like it, it really felt like trying to fit your shoe into a glass slipper or as the case may be a very kinky boot is it a box of like stuff to tie your hair up I could do with that but no let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll see oh wow <laughs> 
Watch your day's body language to work out how they feel about what you're saying to work out your next move. Oh, yes. The, the, the man's hair and the man's boot and a sloth in a box. I mean, let's discuss that. It was a lot, wasn't it? But they did seem like a really good... Pairing, like I'm trying to remember the question that she asked. It was really kind of interesting, but they were really quirky. Like he, like didn't he have like guitars in the background? So he looked like a yeah. sort of rocky kind of guy, and she was yeah. like, she looked like she was kind of a rocky girl. Like or maybe that she just stepped out of like a Tim Burton thing. So I was like, these two could that could really she, align. She mentioned at one point that she'd actually seen him in the band he's in performing. Yeah. My friends know that I'm doing this. And one of them thinks that um, you're in a band with her. I've seen her play. Yeah, which means you've probably seen me as well. <gasps> it's really, really weird. She'd forgotten what he looked like, and he he, he has a, a a unique, unforgettable <laughs> look. I'd say. I don't think. I think if I saw him in the street in a year's time, I'd think to myself, "That's that guy from that band who was on the one show." But for yeah. her, it was like I was in the same room and didn't really notice him. How did you not notice him? He's like 6'9", and he's got 15 foot of hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was like he'd got four Brian May wigs on at once, wasn't it? It was a spectacular <laughs> hair thing. And then that, yeah, the boot. So she, I'm not quite sure what, she had a sloth in a box. They were trying to guess what was in in a box. And she was like, what's in, what's in your box? And she was shaking it. It went, well, it's not a live animal then, little joke. Um, and then she opened it, and it was a cuddly sloth. What's in the box? It's not something that's living. No. Like a hamster or something. No, 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 no. Um, It doesn't move very quickly. Sloth? Yeah. But there was no explanation as to why this was happening. Yeah. He had a high platform, rocker's platform boot on. Uh, not well, not on. But well, they didn't in go box. into detail, did they, about what it was? But I remember now that the little sort of advice lady in between. I like that. There's like a lady who's like, "This is how you do dating. Why yeah. not play a game? Because all, all of the facts about your life are dull and uninteresting. <laughs> play a game." Like I was just like, "How awkward!" But like, yeah, we didn't really know the rules of the game of like how they ended up with a shoe and a sloth in a box because that could be misinterpreted. If someone gave me a sloth, I'd be like, "Are you trying to say I'm slow?" Is that? <laughs> like, are you trying to say that? I am fat and slow. Is that what you were saying? <laughs> I, do, I, I mean, the expert I'm always a little bit dubious of because she's been on this probably, I think we've seen her four or five times and she has not set up her Zoom rig properly. She's always much too far away from the mic. And I say that as someone who is incapable of setting up my own mic system, <laughs> as you will be able to hear in this episode. But I, I just think no one said to her, do you know what? Do you not know be good is if you did this and you looked more professional than everybody else, members of the public-wise, who appears on this little segment. When we engage in creative activities together, we learn about one another's character, how well they deal with challenges, and how similarly we think and feel. You guys love the technical stuff. I mean, she could be giving out the (laughs) crappiest advice possible, but you would remember the aspect ratio she was in. (laughs) Like, that's... Like, not that she told you to, like, you know, uh, throw salmon in their face on the first date. It would just be like, no, the size of the... Why do you think John and I have such loveless lives <laughs> <laughs> yeah all we have is our aspect ratio please do not take that away from us well, well i wanted to ask you guys not about your love lives or personal lives but like i did think that the format is very strange of like and it is a nerve-wracking time so like i live with housemates and people are dating online and like not meeting people in real life right now 
I just think it's a really scary and quite intense thing to film people on the first time that they meet for real. But I did also like that they were filming them on the bench because what if he's a murderer? Like- That's exactly it. It's, it's proper safety, isn't it? It's basically going, it's online dating, but we'll also give you a security team. And the whole thing will be filmed from start yeah. to finish. Having a date at a social distance can be a great way to discover that spark. I am on my way to meet Adam. I'm very, very nervous. Pressure, it's the birthday as well, so you don't want to mess it up. I can't hug you. I know, it's it's a weird way to start, isn't it? (laughs) Is that for me? It is for you. It's your birthday. (laughs) 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 What do you think would have happened if you'd have turned up in your big silver boots? But oh yeah, by the way, yeah, listen to the matriarchy there. What if he's a murderer? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry. I, mean, I mean, statistically. Uh, statistically, <laughs> you're absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Men are absolutely horrible. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. She, could, <laughs> she could have an axe in a box. I mean, I suppose that's a quality. Like... If, she'd, if she'd opened the box and it was a knife on a spring, the, the camera crew would not have got there fast enough because they have to be more than two metres away and she'd be dead on a bench. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a long-haired murderer from Birmingham. Cutting back to the expert with her just saying, yeah, and whatever you do, don't put a knife on a spring in a box. (laughs) That's just not on. Not not that we'd be able to hear that advice. The spark spark just wasn't there, but the knife was. It's horrible. I thought quite a lot of the... I think all three of the men, there were three different men throughout that, they did seem a little bit like League of Gentlemen characters, but that was because the one with the hair did seem like the ultimate League of Gentlemen character and that sort of bled into the other well, ones. There it? was one that looked a bit like Jim Carrey. A plastic Jim Carrey had been left in a hot car and melted a bit, wasn't <laughs> yeah. there? That one bloke, he the, was a bit... The weird. DJ. Yeah, DJ. D- 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 I think he was a DJ. Alarm bells. <laughs> <laughs> like Alarm bells. Jesus Christ. Have, have the courage of your convictions and just say, I'm out of work. Right. Jesus Christ. And right there, we throw the brakes on part one of this week's edition of The The One Show Show. As ever, we will tip over the handlebars headfirst into part two tomorrow, so please do join us then. But in the meantime, during the meanwhile, why not rate and review this nonsense on iTunes or just social media about it on... Knickknack or Tim Tams or whatever everyone's currently using. Flip flop, is it or dib dib dab? I'm on dib dab. Are you on dib dab? See you tomorrow. Hello, I'm Justin. And I'm Lucy. And together we are the hosts of Plenty Questions. It's a very straightforward general knowledge quiz. We ask you 20 questions, one after the other, five second gap in between, and you shout the answers out. And then you tweet us to let us know how you've got on. See if you can get 20 out of 20. No one has so far, but that's because we haven't started doing it yet. Mm, But we will. Uh, And there's also going to be some fiendish brain teasers, so join us for Plenty Plenty Questions. Questions. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.